So uh, we've got two readings today, and it's Isaiah 58, verse 11. The Lord will guide you always. He will satisfy your needs in a sun-scorched land, and he will strengthen your frame. You will be like a well-watered garden, like a spring whose waters never fail. And then from John's Gospel, verse 7, just two verses, verse 37 and 39. On the last and greatest day of the festival, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, Let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. By this he meant the spirit whom those who believed in him were later to receive. Up to that time the spirit had not been given since Jesus had not yet been glorified. Thanks, Matt. Wonderful. Well, could I say a little word of prayer? All right. God, thank you for your word. And as we open it and as we open our hearts, we do ask by your spirit that you may have your way in your name. Amen. Well, a little bit about, uh, a little bit more just about who I am and, and where we're from with Soul Survivor is, uh, that, uh, I'm married. Uh, my wife's name is called Emma, and we've got Joel, Laura, Ben, who are year eight, year six, year one, and they're all tired because of first week of school. And uh, they and and I, as Peter asked, we've been doing this ministry for seventeen years, and before that, I was an Anglican. And uh, for ten, oh, for those who are like, what's he? What was that? What's an Anglican? Well, there's another church. Uh, network called the Anglican Church and uh, I was part with them for, for 10 years. I was an associate pastor in a place called Belrose uh, over in the northern land and uh, oh, near the beach and so I was there for 10 years as associate pastor and it was just around that time when I met Soul Survivor. So Soul Survivor is an international ministry it began in England uh, 25 years ago and when they hold their uh, youth camps, uh, they have over five weeks of them. They have about 25,000 young people go to it. So it's a rather influential ministry over there. We went over there 17 years ago and met them and saw their heart. And uh, one of their worship leaders at the time was called Matt Redman, and he wrote a song called The Heart of Worship, uh, When the Music Fades. And uh, when I heard that in Koorong 17 years ago, I went, ah, that's what I want to try and encourage and help across the church in Australia. I want to keep us in that place of having a heart of worship for God. That is, as we like to say, word, spirit and action. So wherever we're trying to go, we're trying to encourage the church in there. And you, Dural Baptist Centre, are part of that uh, with us. We've um, been with you for a long time, and uh, so thank you for uh, letting us come here this morning and be with you again, and very much our hope to encourage you this morning in your walk and faith in the Lord Jesus. Um, we, we pray, as we heard this morning, a lot more baptisms this year. It was just so exciting to hear what, how God's already begun the year here. Wonderful. Uh, what I want to try and do this morning is encourage us in a picture that Peter just read that Jesus gives us from the book of Isaiah, uh, 58 verse 11 that Peter just read, and how that picture 
is then brought out in Jesus' own words in John chapter 7, which Peter also read. So I want to encourage you to be a well-watered garden. Now, for those of you who are prodding the person on your left or right, is saying, I told you to put the sprinkler on this morning. Um, we can do that a bit later tonight. But Jesus has this picture for all of us. It's a picture to be a well-watered garden in a very much place of, like Australia, a sun-scorched land, that it's possible to be like that. Now, for anyone who's like, and it's a bit arty, that idea, it's a bit out there, this idea that I'm a well-watered garden, I'm finding it a bit hard to connect with. Well, what I love about the Apostle Paul is that he makes it incredibly practical, this picture. Paul says in Galatians chapter 5, towards the end, around 22 and 23, Paul says, if you've got the living water living within you, which Jesus said is the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, then you will be more loving at Woolies. You will be more patient on the road. You will be more joyful at dinner time instead of being grumpy. Not that that might apply here. Um, you will be more self-controlled. You will be more faithful. This is what your life will look like if you let God continue to water you. And I'm going to explain that in a minute uh, again and encourage us in that. If you will let God be your water... And as Jesus says at the very beginning of what Peter just read out, if anyone will actually acknowledge that they're thirsty. And this is where I'd love to kick off this morning is, would you like to do a little physical thing with me? I'm in a Baptist church and Baptist churches are very physical. That's why you dunk people in water. Where I come from, the Anglicans, we just spray uh, with water. Um, would you put your hand over your heart, wherever it is, I forget, in the left, in the middle, on the right, uh, some, your spiritual heart. And what I want you to do by doing this is just to be simply aware that when Jesus stood up and he said in a loud voice, is anyone thirsty, did you hear what when that happened? It happened at the last and greatest day of the feast. So were they physically hungry? And they weren't um, physically thirsty. So Jesus is saying a weird thing in front of people. And I just want us we're about to, don't worry, we're about to drop our hand. But I would just love us even to be aware with Jesus, not with me, but with Jesus here this morning. Jesus, am I thirsty? Because if I am not thirsty, you don't need to water me and I'm just going to do life by myself. But if I am thirsty, I'm really, really thankful you are going to give me what I need. Amen? Drop your hand. Uh, all right. So to unpack this picture a little bit more, what I'd love to do is look at some three things of uh, our Jesus. The first one is this. For being a well-watered garden in a sun-scorched land, we first of all need to let Jesus be our water by his Spirit. And where my mind goes to straight away is when Jesus is baptised himself. And for any of you who know the story, and for those of you who don't, simply this, Jesus, the Son of God, joined in a queue to get baptised. And what I find encouraging about our Jesus with this simple thought is that in public of the church, in public view of the church and in public view of the community, 
He did what he felt he wanted to do. In front of everyone, he went forward and he himself said, I need to be baptized. Isn't that humbling of our Saviour? And the reason why I find that humbling uh, of him is that I often feel, I feel, sometimes in the church, I find it hard to do what I know I need to do. I know I need to give God praise and be unashamed. And sometimes, though, in the church, I find that hard. I'm worried and fearful of what people might think. I'm worried about sometimes when I share God's message called a sermon or a preach that I might get too excited and that's embarrassing. No, 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 don't egg me on. But as an Aussie in Sydney, I do struggle to be in public about my faith. I struggle with my cafe. I go to every morning of the week to when he says, how's your week, Matt? I struggle to say, well, I was, I was at church and I was at here and I was at that. And because I, I find it difficult. I don't know if anyone else does. Maybe there's two of us. I just find it hard. And then in the church, when it's, you know, um, Kerry opened in prayer and God is excited to come and to sing to Jesus. And it's like, do I want to give God praise in an unashamed kind of way? Just in, and I'm not asking everyone to be like the Wiggles for Jesus, but just to show God some enthusiasm towards Him. And I struggle. Is there anyone else like me? Uh, hopefully just two of us and all the rest of us are fine. But Jesus in public view of everyone was unashamed to do what He needed to do and to be baptized. And at his baptism, his heavenly father was a little bit too rogue. What do you mean? Well, he wasn't very, you know, g'day Jesus, good to see you, have a great day at his baptism. For those of you who know the story, the father calls out in a loud voice, what did he say? This is my son whom I love and with whom I am well pleased. I know I've read this like 20, 50 times, so it's okay. You didn't have to say it out verbatim. Um, this is my son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Could we just think for a moment this morning, Jesus is saying to you when we are baptized in his name that the thing that the Father doesn't want to say about us is, hurry up, get on with the work, there's a lot of people missing in the seats, get a move on. He says, hello, you are my child, I really love you. Well, this is getting a bit embarrassing. Do you ever, do, do you feel like that at times? Yes? I'm, I'm a parent, as I said, and so I know the pleasure of making it very clear to my kids I love them and knowing that they're going, oh, Dad, seriously, just say it quietly because this is embarrassing, right? It's just a fun little perk of being a parent. But it's, but it's when we let God say this to us that it changes the way that I relate to him. So if I just let God kind of be a respectful, magnificent God, which he is, but if all I let him say to me is, good on you, you're great, let's get on with it. 
then that's what I'll do back to him. But if we let, and I know you know this, but if we let God say to us, you're my boy, you're my daughter, I really love you, and you sit with that, instead of just going, yeah, sure, you sit with that and you know that he loves you and that he's well pleased with you before you've done anything, you're going to approach him differently. And that's the way that Jesus wants this garden to be. A garden that's full of joy, it's full of peace. In all the challenges that we face, it's full of peace because I know that I'm loved, I know that he's well pleased with me and everything else is just fun to do with him. Amen? Jesus is offering that baptism over us, if I can say it like that. He's offering us to experience the living water, the Holy Spirit, to live inside of us and let that be the voice that you know about your Heavenly Father, that He loves you, He is well pleased, and yes, you might need to put a couple of songs on and let it just, uh, of God's love over your life and just let it get in and let it get through so that you will accept this again. All right, the second picture within this picture of being a well-watered garden is the fact that this garden is to bless others. Now, I didn't know about edible gardens until last year. I'm a prodigy of the uh, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory movie era, and so my understanding of an edible garden would be unbelievable chocolate rivers would just be uh, lollies coming from everywhere. I mean, I'm excited about that. So last year, where I work in uh, our offices in a place called Crow's Nest, they have an edible garden competition. And I thought, that's crazy, but this sounds fun. But then I found out it was just veggies, and that was really disappointing. Okay, I know, I need to eat more veggies. But uh, this concept that the garden to be an edible garden is the concept, of course, that Jesus wants us to be. He wants us to know the water of the Holy Spirit in order to bless others. Now, I've got a practical moment here with you this morning. I've brought a little blue card that says Soul Survivor on one side and has our details on the back. You do not have to do this, but I'm asking if any one person... Now, I was at Gordon Baptist and I got rid of six, okay, uh, two weeks ago, so I'm hoping there's more than six. Just tapping into the competitive part of you, okay. Um, all right, there's just two. So um, this card... Uh, will allow if you would like to pray for us because we're about to take a risk as an organization. Uh, I've talked to my insurance company now and it's fine, but uh, we're about to take a punt on trying to see more baptisms happen. So what we're doing is we're grabbing the Aussie concept of a road trip. Who loves a road trip? Great. And what we're doing is we're grabbing our youth conference that meets at William Clark every year and about 300 of them and we're saying, okay, we want you 300 to bring your mates. I'm going to book the buses and I just did it this week. Um, so we've got seven coaches booked. We've all got toilets, DVDs, air conditioning. And for seven days, we're going to do a road trip. We're going to land at Coffs Harbour, but I've got a little video which hopefully explains it a little bit more fun. And uh, the video goes like this.
Okie dokie. So, we're going to give it a go. And I am sincerely asking if anyone would be happy to pray for us, just to grab a card and send us an email, and then I'm going to put you on a prayer list with us, because uh, I really feel vulnerable doing this one. Uh, it's On one hand, it's kind of easy to run a camp. We're doing, doing this for 17 years, but to do I've never done this. So... Uh, if anyone would be happy just to tap me on the shoulder and grab a, a card, that would that would be great. That would be lovely. So we're doing this because Jesus has made this garden an edible garden, something for others to enjoy. And this is one way we want to try and help young people get to know him by coming on the fun road trip and experiencing what God is doing in, in these different areas. Like uh, Sherwood Cliffs is a Baptist-blessed uh, drug and Alcohol Rehabilitation Centre. Uh, it's about a 40-minute uh, drive, 40, 40 drive outside Coffs. And this wonderful couple have been running this for 40 years, completely on faith. Like everything that they've got. They've got 10 houses up there now that they've built. Uh, they've got a coach and a men's shed and a farm uh, for and, and trainers to obviously help the the people who come and stay there to get rehabilitated, um, they do this all by faith. And so we want the young people to go up there, meet them, do a little working bee, let the uh, let Sherwood Cliffs share their testimony so that they'll paint the picture of Jesus and the young people will see what this couple had done and they'll wonder what God wants to do with them. So we're hoping for a lot of um, evangelists to be birthed out of this and a lot of future ministers to be birthed out of this event. So if you'd be happy to pray, that would be amazing. For us, though, I just want to simply encourage us that when Jesus brings the Holy Spirit, as we know in Acts chapter 1, he brings the Spirit of God that we might go out in Acts chapter 2 and share about Jesus, yes? And in order to share about Jesus, we need the Holy Spirit to fill us. And Jesus is not interested in us burning out. He's not interested in it. He wants us to enjoy his presence together. And often we do that with song and prayer and opening up the scriptures and sharing stories. And by doing that, the Holy Spirit fills us afresh each time to continue to share about him with others. I guess I'd love to encourage you. Have you thought yet about this year how you would love to be involved in the process of the centre? How would you love to be involved in helping others to see Jesus this year in any kind of way and just to be involved in it in any kind of way? And if you haven't, of course, to talk to Pete and Monty and the whole team here about that. They didn't ask me to say this, but... I guess for me, as someone, my life is a bit itinerant. I just want to say to you, you've, you're a very blessed church. I don't know you know that, but you're a very blessed church. And in being that blessing, I just want to encourage you to stay involved in it. Because it's as we stay involved in helping others to come to know Jesus that our joy, our fire, our passion for God stays lit and as soon as we get out of being involved, the fire will go down. And then we'll start to do things like, hmm, thought he went a bit too long today, which is fair enough if I do. Um, 
thought that song was a bit slow. What do you think? The seats, I thought they were a bit too close. The communion, I prefer the, you know, instead of grape juice, which we're meant to have. And we, we get, we get into talk, um, port, uh, is what, where I was heading as an Anglican. Uh, we get into critiquing stuff that's just not important. What grieves relationship, if, can I talk like a family member now? What grieves relationship is when we start picking on things that just pull us down. And I don't know about you, I need as much energy as I can get in order just to do what I've got to do. And if you, if I get into the nitpicky stuff, I lose hope, I feel frustrated, I lose my energy, and it's just really hard to serve Jesus. Now, I'm not saying that there aren't things we need to bring up. I'm not saying that um, there, there are things we need to work through. And I have got, I'm not speaking directly into anything that I know here. I'm just saying, as someone who travels around, I understand that we can either spend our energy as God's people on the mission and go nuts. Go crazy. And be known as the most enthusiastic bunch of Dural. And I don't know if Dural needs some enthusiastic people. I'm not asking us to be extroverts, but when we know the joy of the Lord, who is our strength, Australia needs this. Needs what? Needs Jesus, who is our joy. And I'm just asking us to consider, before I get into critique mode, to stop and go, I don't need to do it. Um, I've been at a couple of weddings the last couple of weekends and I can, if I'm not careful, at the end of it on the drive home when I'm tired, I can go, what do you think of that speech today, darling? Not the one I gave, but someone else. And I've got to stop and just go, Matt, it's just not important. For goodness sake, someone just got married. Get your eyes back. And so I need to do that. The last part, which leads into that, is Jesus tells us in Ephesians 5 through Paul, he says, hey, don't get drunk on wine. Hang on a minute. Is he going to start to get into us now about getting drunk? No, I'm just reading the Bible with you. In Ephesians 5, Paul says, if you want, you can spend your life filling it, your thirst, filling it with, and let's, wine or pies or sausage rolls or what whatever it is uh, you can fill your life with stuff that will drag you down or Paul says why don't you get filled with the spirit Uh oh here comes the charismatic Pentecostal moment yes as an Anglican yes yes please I need to be filled with the spirit because I leak. What do you mean you leak? I get grumpy. I, I critique. I, I snap. And I, I, I leak out God's joy and His grace. And I become a grumpy Aussie. Or, as someone who obviously struggles with getting grumpy, I could go to some gatherings and some meetings and it just might be me with a friend or in a home group or whatever you call your small groups and just realize, hey, I need I really need God because I am thirsty for Jesus 
And I really need God to fill me up by his spirit to do the acts of the spirit. So in Ephesians 5, Paul says, instead of getting drunk on wine, would you please get filled up with the Holy Spirit through singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to one another, Australia? Would you please do that? So that what? So that we would be the most enthusiastic, in theos, in God, people, in Jural and beyond. And we will not give up because the garden Jesus paints is a well-watered one. He offers you and me to be a well-watered person. But is anyone thirsty? I'm going to ask, that's the end. Amen. I'm going to ask the team to pop up and could we stand?